You are listening to the Plant Your Health podcast with Caitlin Howarth. Hello, everybody. So today I have a very special guest, Madison, my friend who I met, we figured it out non-recording um two years ago which seems wild that it's been two years and we've still kept in touch still followed each other on instagram and all of that and now she is here she's a podcast so i'm very excited um to have her and i will let her introduce herself and so madison say hello <laughs> hello everybody so yeah I just can't believe the last two years have gone by so fast because that was when we both first started our coaching yeah. journeys and it was just like uh it's just so crazy to think about everything that has happened literally since then the very both yeah grown. the very beginning yeah. of our business and like the pandemic all at the same time yes like yeah. it's a double way crazy <laughs> crazy yeah, yeah. oh yeah. my gosh so I'm also an online fitness and nutrition coach. And like I said, been doing it for a couple of years now. Um, in terms of like right now, I had a pretty exciting, just like new phase of my life. So I moved from East coast, uh, to the West coast. I'm now happily a California girl. <laughs> and, um, yeah. So I've, um, with my move, I also started in-person training out here, which, um, at first I was like, oh, that's going to be really different. It's going to be really different than my routine. You know, my, like making my own routine, just working at home every day. Um, but I'm a pretty social gal. So working in person actually ended up being something that I really like. Yeah, and, nice. um, like we chatted about before, like having, you know, working with so many new people in person and like that in-person camaraderie is just different. Like there's no <laughs> better or worse because can provide, um, you know, with online zoom calls and all of that, like that is definitely a great aspect of coaching, but the in-person is just, it's for some people and some people just thrive in that environment. So that's been really cool to get to know my clients, um, in person as well. Yeah. So I can see that. I, when I did it, like I was telling you my first, my little like eight months stint of teaching, like coaching in person, it, it was so fun to like, see the people every day and like, it, I mean, you, you do have that online because like you can, especially with Boxer, do you use Boxer with your online clients? I don't, but I'm thinking of using it because I really yeah. do. So like the it. voice messages and stuff, like at this point, like <laughs> I kind of find like texting irritating because I have to like type yeah. it out instead of just like sending a voice message. So yeah. like the, the coaching aspect and like the, the, you know, just personality and like chit chatting in person is so fun and it can be done on Boxer, but it's like, if you have a question and then, you know, your clients at work and then you have to like, wait, and you're like, you know, it's not, it's the same, but it's different. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So you coach in person and online. Um, who do you help? Like who is your like main people that you really connect with and like seek to help? Totally. So it is a little bit different, um, online and in person. So online, I typically vibe with people who are, uh, around my age. So I'm 25. So within like a five-year range, um, and who are, <laughs> who are 
like active individuals or maybe have like dabbled in sports and workouts in the past um, on their own, but are really struggling to build consistency either post-college or just in a new work environment, you know, building that own routine, their own routine and really getting into a solid workout schedule. Um, So that's like the kind of fitness level. So some experience, but not definitely not necessarily um, expert bodybuilders or anything like that. So more of the intermediate range. And then um, another big aspect of my coaching is nutrition. And so I like to call myself a flexible dieting coach because um, I'm definitely uh, pro freedom when it comes to like your diet and uh, transforming your relationship with food to a point where um, you know, we're not labeling food as good and bad and stressing about, you know, eating below a certain number of calories and all of that. And I think that as our bodies are changing as young women, especially after college, we're realizing that our metabolism is not functioning the same and, um, that, uh, our sweets and treats might be having more of an impact on our body than they used to. Um, and that can also have to do with physical activity, but, people tend to want to like cut out all those things and just try to quote, like eat clean, um, not even look at a potato, like a bag of chips or something or like Mm -hmm. cookies or anything like that. But um, I'm a strong believer in everything in moderation and just finding a healthy balance with those types of foods. So flexible dieting is definitely something that I work with with a lot of my clients and just kind of learning how to balance that within their lifestyle. And I think, yeah, I think that is so important. When I first started, I coached um, macros, even though I had like stopped tracking them myself and I had gotten away from it. And like, I didn't like the idea, but Mm -hmm. I think it's so important to like take numbers out of nutrition. Like, I think it can be helpful at certain times. Like I'll still track um, like preparing for a race just to make sure I'm eating enough carbs you know, because you need more and sometimes you can't, you know, it's not as easy to like fuel for higher activities as like some people think, you know, you just eat everything in sight. Well, no, not really, but I digress. Um, (laughs) so I think having like taking the numbers out, taking the measurement and the, the weighing out of food and just making it like you can eat, you can enjoy your food. It's not a, chore like I don't because people back in the day didn't weigh their food they just ate intuitively like they just it was there and they ate it when they were hungry and then when they were full they were like all right I'm good like I'll come back (laughs) tomorrow you know and I think think that'd be like a simple thing but like but it's not in this world it's not it's so difficult to get in tune with your body and your hunger cues and your satiety cues and like what is more emotional versus actual hunger? Like it, I mean, it sounds super simple, but it's really not (laughs) in this world today. Yes, exactly. The social media thing immensely too with the whole full day of eating thing. Like (laughs) I have a love-hate relationship with people who post full days of eating because someone who's not in a great place with their own um, nutrition knowledge and confidence might just try to copy that in hopes to like end up looking like that person, mm-hmm. but, um, really that's not going to help them. So, but I do like, I will say 
I like viewing tracking food in so many different ways. It could be macros, calories. It could be a food log. It could be just jotting down yeah. like the items that you're I eating. I think food logs are helpful. Yeah. I love viewing that type of tracking just as a tool. And it's really hard to separate that from like, um, actually just made a post about this today, like separating <laughs> those numbers from your self-worth because I was yeah. someone who I never had a, um, eating disorder, but I definitely had disordered eating habits growing up. Mm-hmm. And at the first, like at the start of my fitness journey, and I used to get so wrapped up in those numbers, the calories, the fat macros. Cause I was so scared that eating fat would cause me to gain fat, even though that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not- <laughs> yeah. So I used to view those as like, you know, at the end of the day, if I hit them, then I was good. And if I didn't, I was like a piece of shit. Like I was the worst human ever because I couldn't follow the rules and that made me less valuable as a human. So shifting away from that mindset and that kind of, um, value, like that version of valuing those types of numbers and just seeing the tracking as a tool to use for certain things. Like if you're competing or if you're training for a race, or if you're, you know, just trying to get a good idea of the values of certain foods, um, super helpful, but totally situational. Yeah. And I think, yeah. And I think that's part of the thing is like, if once people like start, like I know for me, when I first started, it was like, whoa, what? And this is like, not like eight, nine, 10 years ago, however long ago, like ridiculous amount of time. I feel so old anyways. Um, I feel like I was there for the start of my fitness pal. Like, I don't know if I was, <laughs> but I feel like I, I've watched my fitness pal grow. Over the past yeah, you're like, oh, updates. I remember. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I like, I remember starting and like it, I mean, I'm very competitive. Um, so for me, it was in the beginning, it was like fun to see how close I could hit, da, 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 da. Yeah. but I had to learn to actually pay attention to what I was eating and what I was weighing and how it looked and da, 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 and how I felt because when I wanted to stop tracking because it was annoying and like, I just felt like it was unnecessary. I was like, okay, but what do I eat? Like, I felt so like lost, not having those numbers. So as a tool to use, if you can like separate yourself from it, yes. Yes. But for me, I was not a long-term solution. Yeah, no. And I had, I had, I mean, one of my, I had multiple friends that worked at the gym that I went to and like, they all tracked one was competing for a bodybuilding competition. And I don't think she actually did that, but um so it was like a whole thing and like I was just like thrust into this world and it was super weird and then the more I learned I was like okay this is not quite how I want to live my life and so I've just now like within the last handful of years transitioned to only when it's you know like race prep and I really need to watch what I'm eating and pay attention to that but like day to day I'm like I have and it and it is a learning process I do think that macros can be a way of obviously learning if you're paying attention, like I was saying to what you're weighing, how that looks, how you feel, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then you're able to like move away from it. And I think a lot of like today we're so 
we either focus too much on the numbers or we have absolutely no idea. We're like super disconnected. And so like yeah. meeting in the middle, finding that middle ground of like maybe dabbling in both and like figuring it out and then maybe moving away is like a good balance. Totally. And I think that goes along with all of like more so today than ever. I feel like a pop our population as a whole, we tend to fall into that all or nothing mindset. And I feel yeah. like that, like what you just said, totally explains that it's either you're tracking everything or you're just completely ignoring all the numbers and it's a freaking free for all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely. And like transitioning, like someone, I know a lot of coaches who teach you how to track macros, but I don't know a lot of coaches who teach you how to like stop tracking Live. macros. That's the, goal. <laughs> yeah. like, the goal is not to track macros for the rest of your life. Cause like you said, you burn out really fast. It is t- more time consuming, obviously, than if you weren't doing it, although it doesn't take that long, but it's just like annoying. It definitely sometimes. gets easier like, over time. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And if you, and if you are used to building meals that fit your macros, then you do have the ability to build quality meals and like a day of eating without tracking it. But I think it also comes with like, it's a little bit of a crutch. Like if we don't see what it looks like and it's like, could be something completely wrong and whatnot. So I think the transition away from tracking macros is very important. And that's something that I work through with my clients. And I'm sure if yeah. Um, that you've done that in the past too or now yeah I do the I call it my like macro mountain <laughs> yeah I love that and like I like the you know like at the bottom you like aren't tracking you have no idea what's going on and then you you know as you like hike up the mountain you track lightly you know like sometimes and then at the peak of the mountain you're tracking like every single thing like that's like I don't even I wouldn't even say like during race prep, I'm at like the peak of the mountain tracking. And then you have to go down the other side. So the other side, you have to move down and, you know, I'll have clients who maybe who were tracking like pretty regularly, have them come off and like stop tracking a couple days a week, just, you know, like one or two days, not track, see how you are, see how your digestion is, like, see how you feel compared to tracking days. And then you move down the mountain where you're at the bottom on the other side of the mountain and you're not completely clueless you have more information but you don't have to track it every day so like yeah that's like yeah that's like a that's like yeah the whole first part of the mountain is great and all but like you can't hang out on a mountain all the time you've got to come back down yeah I mean it get it's get cold it gets cold up yeah. there. <laughs> With extreme weather conditions. Yeah, exactly. Like you don't want to stay up there forever. That is no. not the goal. You have to come back down. Survival is limited. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to have fun. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be fun. Your tent is going to have holes. You're going to have to poop in a hole. You're probably going to run out of water. Like it's really not yeah. worth it. You have to come down the other side of the mountain, lighten yep. up on your tracking use everything that you learned obviously but like then continue and live your life so yeah I think that is beautiful so continuing the talk of nutrition so like the biggest you kind of touched on this but what's the biggest struggle that like you help your clients work through like that you see over and over that your clients reach out and they're like I'm really struggling with this what the heck do I do yeah so I think 
this also aligns with my biggest struggle. So with my clients, it tends to be that binge restrict cycle. So this happens when um, you might not know why you're gaining weight or why you're not gaining weight. And you think, you know, it's pretty well known that to lose weight, you do need to be in a caloric deficit. Like with people Google how to lose weight, one of the first, you know, five things to pop up is like eating less than you are burning to be in that caloric deficit. And so people start doing that they start restricting themselves of a lot of different foods and what the problem and why this is not sustainable is because that restriction mindset. So let's just say you start on Monday, you start restricting yourself of like, like absolutely no cookies, no chips, no, mm-hmm. like maybe, you know, orange juice or like things like that, that are not, you know, quote, clean foods that you might consider like super basic foods, like chicken, vegetables, or fruit, anything outside of that cutting that shit out. Once you do that, (laughs) (laughs) once you do that for like four days, that diet is most likely so different from what you have been eating over the last Mm -hmm. couple of months, because also your approach is like, okay, I have to change something. And you change so much at once. So during that time, you're restricting all this foods. And the problem with that restriction is that it creates this scarcity mindset. So by the time you get to Thursday or Friday, you are so fed up of not giving yourself like the sweets and other treat foods Mm -hmm. that you want, that you're like, screw this shit. Like, I worked so hard this week and I did so well. Maybe you stayed Mm -hmm. on track for like a whole four days. I'm going to go pound this pint of Ben and Jerry's or I'm going to (laughs) kill the sleeve of Oreos and it's not going to make a difference. I love Oreos. (laughs) You just ate four times as maybe like four servings of something you might have only had like one of if you weren't restricting yourself. So in comes the binging mindset. So we were restricted for a couple of days. You did great. But now that scarcity mindset comes in and you're like, oh, like, what if I can never have an Oreo again? Like, what if I never have, what if in order to be skinny, I have to cut out ice cream for the rest of my life, which obviously is not true. Not but true. when you're restricting, this is what you're all your like ghrelin. I think that's the hunger hormone. This is what it's making you think. <laughs> and ghrelin so, the gremlin. <laughs> yes, exactly. You end up feeling this like strong do or die desire to eat the cookies, eat the ice cream, whatever it may be. So that is what cues that binging episode. And so this cycle can go over and over. So now we're at Friday, you've binged the ice cream and cookies. And then throughout the weekend, it's common that you're like, all right, well, I ruined yesterday was ruined. So I might as well just like enjoy my weekend have yep. some drinks I'll restart on Monday. Yes. We'll start again on Monday and we'll, we'll hit it hard. We'll do like a hundred percent good and it's going to be fine. And so then we go back to restricting on Monday and the cycle will go on weekly or even daily. It could be one day of restricting and one day of binging over and over again for a long time. And this yeah. is something that I did for almost years, like a little bit subconsciously. I would always I just had these restriction expectations of myself. And I thought that that specific, you know, restriction diet was going to be the only way that I could lose weight. So I tried and tried and tried over and over again for years. And I literally lost years of progress that I could have been making yeah. if I had just committed to a more sustainable way of eating. 
Yeah. And like you said, a lot of it, I feel like a lot of people either like they haven't been made aware that like they don't have to do that or they think that that's how it is. And like, it is for some people subconscious. Like they, they, they're like, no, this is just like, I've been doing this forever. This is just what I do. This is how I eat. And you're like, but that's not good. Like long term, like it's not fun. Yeah. That. Yeah. Like, (laughs) I mean, it's just, yeah, the whole, I mean, the whole mindset around food really is just, there's so much bullshit out there online that I see. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, so backwards, like how we're still in 2020, like how we're in 2022 and there are still so much misinformation just like plastered everywhere. I'm like, we have so much research, so much like ways to get information around, so many ways to educate people, so much like all of this. And like, we still have stupidity running rampant telling people that they can't eat a spoon of ice cream or yeah bread yeah like we talked about bread (laughs) and I feel like these people (laughs) who are consuming this content are they're vulnerable I mean they're following certain accounts um I would hope because they like the content and they want to learn more but depending on who that creator is does not mean that content is right. And I really, I just coined this term in my head, ignorant regurgitation is what I think of with like false information. Mm -hmm. Like someone, maybe someone read something from some influencer and they're like all spewing it out onto their platform thinking that it's true, but really there's no sort of like scientific or educational background. It's dangerous. So be careful who you follow out there, kids. (laughs) yeah well and yeah like I was telling you with the the coach that I worked under at the gym that I worked at was like the the joke about the bread like one of my clients that came to me from that gym for nutrition coaching she was like I can eat bread and I'm like what do you why is that a question like who done you dirty girl yeah like who told you that like you couldn't eat like I yeah, that's crazy. That, and coming is, from someone who works in a gym, that's scary yeah, to me. Yeah, so it's like, it's the content, it's online, it's people in like circles that you would think are educated. And like, she believed it, obviously, because it came from a coach, it came from the gym owner. Like, why would she not, you know? Right, that's supposed but, to be a credible source. Yeah, you know, but no. So I, and it, okay, now that we're here, this just popped into my head. I want everyone listening to this to question what you read and what you hear, whatever, like even, even stuff that we have said on here, like about eating bread, Google it. I want you to Google if you can eat bread. And I want you to read some like nutritional research data on carbohydrates. Like don't even believe it. Yeah. Because I want you to, I want everyone to get in the, like, I feel like in today's day and age, we're like, don't question anything. It's all fine. No, 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 no. I want you to question everything. So when you see content, when you hear someone say something, when you're listening to a different podcast, like our podcast, Mm -hmm. like question it, do your own research and make your own opinion because you're able to do that. 
Okay. Yes. Find um, a yeah. peer reviewed scientific <laughs> article. Yeah. Read the abstract at the very least and find like yeah. 10 on one subject. Like it's not just yeah. one that's going to be the right, right or wrong answer for anything, but yeah. having, and I want own... you to look at who is actually like who performed the study and who funded the study because that will give you keys on if it's bullshit or not okay and this is why people don't do that shit because it takes more time but guess what would you rather spend years of your life doing like not necessarily like right or wrong way but going a route that is not going to help you reach your goals literally spending or even wasting years of your time or would you rather learn the correct science-backed processes um, yeah. of your own body and get on the right track for you? Just ask yourself yeah, that question. Because still so much of it is just like fad diets thrown here and thrown there. And then they like this one, the popularity kind of fails. So they like twist it and repackage it and like cut something else yes. out and it's a brand new fad diet. So yep not yeah like not a lot of it is based on actual fact of how your body responds to yeah. nutrients and fuels you for life and activity and helps your sleep and does all of that so question question what you hear from everyone okay yeah okay the diet industry literally profits off of your insecurities so just yes. know that yeah, like it makes money off of thinking that you need to fix yourself. And I'm all for personal development. I'm all for getting better. I'm all for, you know, learning, expanding awareness, but like you're not mm -hmm. broken and they, you don't need to be fixed. So yeah. like when you hear something and it's like, oh, you have this problem and this is the only solution you should be like yeah. no bullshit. okay <laughs> you just proved everything see you later yeah yeah okay so we are almost at our time so we're gonna go ahead and wrap up um so as you know the show is called plant your health because i believe that health is something that we really have to plant and watch grow over time not something that you do one day and then boom, you're just healthy magically. You never have to made do it. Woo! You're a Kardashian all of a sudden. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't know. I was watching. I was watching Down to Earth, um, and like the water. Have you watched Down to Earth? Like the water uh -uh. episode? No. Well, they like are tasting all this water, and this water sommelier is like, you're the only people in the country right now that have access to this water. And I think it was Anna Kin Kendrick, mm -hmm. Anna, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. She was like, just like, oh my God, we've made it. We've made it. I feel like a Kardashian. Oh my <laughs> God. Like so <laughs> Zach Efron was like, not even Kardashians because he's like, you're the only people in the country that have this water. So that's, that's what I said. It. <laughs> so, with that in mind, um, how do you plant your health? Mm -hmm. So, uh, I've like, and I've really tried to ask myself, like, what is my own definition of health? Like, what does that even mean? Because it's completely yeah. subjective depending on who you ask at what point in their life. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So to me, health 
means and like planning my health and my own life really means like aligning my actions and intentions with what makes my body and mind feel good and perform optimally. So I am yeah. someone who is pretty active, like outside of walking my dog. I love playing volleyball. I love surfing. I love training like four times a week. And that requires like good nutrition and healthy habits. So I know when I branch away from my, you know, quote, healthy routine or my, you know, sustainable routine. And maybe I have like more sweets than warranted, or like, even maybe I go really hard when I at the bars, like obviously not great, but I'm trying to live that life of moderation. So sometimes we make those mistakes. Yeah. And then once in a while. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) The next morning I will feel that I have paid the consequences and I'm like, well, this happened once and again, everything in moderation, not concerned about once in a blue moon, but I know the types of actions and extremes that I kind of teeter on the line of that do not align with my life and my lifestyle. So like if I'm eating fast food, say like even once a day, which is like a lot, I say even, but that's a lot. Um, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't eat, like, I don't eat any fast food. I like some, but I just don't eat it. <laughs> and I if, love I'm you. Food, if I'm eating fast food, if I'm replacing one of my healthy homemade meals with fast food every day, that shit's not going to make me feel good. Like not only now, like immediately when I eat it, I'm like, Oh, yeah. something's brewing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like, this is not this my best idea. Yeah. yeah. But then just like other healthy habits being so creating those well-rounded, um, home-cooked balanced meals, definitely a staple in my diet to literally fuel my lifestyle. Like, I think we forget that everything we consume literally creates the cells in our body. And so Mm -hmm. if that food is shit, then you're going to feel like shit. Like the whole, you are what you eat is literally true on a scientific level. So, um, I feel a big difference when I don't um, stay in line with what makes me feel good and what makes me be able to do my sports and activities really well, um, and feel good while doing them, you know? Yeah. So I agree. I would say that's like the overarching, um, meaning for me, just having those, my actions align with, um, the kind of lifestyle I'm trying to live, which is definitely an active, happy one. And like the whole thing, like food affects your mood. Like if you like not only physical energy availability, but your mood, your hormones, all of that is all connected. Like your gut, gut health, all of that. So, um, the more I learn, uh, not only as like a, like a, just like a student in life, but also as a online coach and a personal trainer, like the more I am in tune with my body and I really feel those differences, um, affecting how I feel physically and mentally and all of that. So, um, it's really important to me to feel good because I know a lot of people who like are tired every day and it totally affects how they show up like to work and to social events. And I'm like, Oh, like, let's take a look at your diet and your physical activity. Cause 90% of the time, that's where those gaps are. Yeah, I totally agree. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Well, (laughs) um, tell everyone your Instagram handle where they can find you. Yes. Um, so Instagram handle is fuel your dot soul. Um, so that's my Instagram and I don't have a podcast yet, but 
stay tuned because I might be having a podcast created soon. And Caitlin will definitely be. And I'm going to be a guest. Everybody stay tuned for that. (laughs) But until then, definitely follow me on Instagram. Yeah. So check her out on Instagram. Give her a follow. Um, Thank you so much for joining me and coming on my podcast. And I'm excited to start yours. I'll be on yours. And Hell we can yeah. even do another one. I don't even care. It'll oh, be great. Yeah. This was fun. I want to do it again. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We can do it again. We'll do it again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>Oh my goodness. I hope you loved that episode with Madison. I think it was such a great conversation. So many good takeaways. Once again, I'm Caitlin Howarth, your host. If you would like to apply for the Badass Athlete one-on-one mentorship program, there is a link in the show notes as well as Madison's Instagram for you to give her a follow. Thank you so much for tuning in.